Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Oh yeah, baby, we're back, week two. Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. Now, let's start. Biggest story, right? In the world of sports right now, without a doubt, is of course. LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, what happened? Well, LeBron James had a hell of a night, and it sounded a little bit like this. Here comes a pick from Dwight Howard. LeBron dribbles right, picks up his dribble. Three-pointer by LeBron. It's good! Timeout, Denver! LeBron with the dagger. 38 for the king. Lakers 115. Denver 103. And the Lakers are heading back to the NBA Finals for the first time since 2010. And what a performance, Michael, by LeBron James. Yeah, so that's that call, by the way, from John Ireland of Lakers Radio. But LeBron James tonight, 38 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists. They win the series 4-1 to over the Nuggets. LeBron for the 10th time in his career, the 10th time. Third team, you could argue fourth team, (laughs) he's going to the finals. Now, the sports radio in me is screaming, Vince, comparing to Michael Jordan, comparing to Michael Jordan, this is a good night, 10 times, come on, 10 times in the finals, he had a triple-double, taking his team to the finals, he's the guy, he was mad about the MVP like a week ago, this is a good time, you should talk about LeBron and compare him to Michael Jordan, you know what? We're not doing it tonight. I refuse to. We are not having that conversation tonight. That's not what this is going to be. That is not the conversation we're going to have. You know why? Sometimes it's just nice to appreciate a superstar for being incredibly great. You know, I I, I get it. Hey, it's sports, right? You're going to compare guys. For LeBron to be the greatest player of all time, he wants to hold himself to that regard. People want to announce him as the greatest player of all time. Whether or not he is... Is totally subjective. I think if you ran a poll, it's a 50-50 split, right? It's a close conversation. But tonight, I'm not comparing LeBron James and Michael Jordan. We're not doing that. We're not talking about the legacy. Let's just appreciate the guy for what he is, which is a 35-year-old. We're going to appreciate LeBron for just continuing to be absolutely amazing despite all the minutes he's played over the course of his career, regular season, playoffs, finals, all that different stuff to do this again in a new town. Like I'm just appreciating LeBron James tonight. That's what it is. So shout out to LeBron, but I'm not going to spend the whole show. I'm not going to bore you to tears comparing him to Michael Jordan tonight. It's just not the time to do it. So congrats to the Lakers. Congrats to LeBron. Let's move on because here's what I'm looking at. Here's what fascinates me is I'm looking right now at a matchup we have on Monday night, right? Chiefs-Ravens. Now, you look at it, that's a hell of a matchup, right? I mean, that's that's the game of the year. 
Seriously, I mean, looking at the NFL season this year, what the schedule is, all these different teams, the quality of them, what the expectations, the buzz, the drama, the narratives, you know what I mean? Like, when you're looking at Chiefs-Ravens, this is what it's all about. To get both of these teams very healthy three weeks into the season on Monday night, that's a hell of a game. Why? In part... Because last year, these teams were ridiculously good, right? I mean, it's that's pretty obvious. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. The Ravens had a bye. They, they end up losing that disappointing game to the Titans, right? So you look at that game and what these teams have been, what they are right now, the continuity of the organizations. And so when you see these two teams matched up against each other, I mean, it's pretty obvious to me that these are the best two teams in the AFC. If I was going to look at two teams and say, what are the odds on favorites of who's going to get to the Super Bowl out of the AFC? This is what I look at. I look at the Chiefs. I look at the Ravens. Elite teams, elite quarterbacks, elite coaches, all that different stuff, right? It's just elite across the board. They're great. But here's the thing. I look at the Chiefs and Ravens, and yes, granted, they're, they're two of the best teams in the AFC, if not the two best teams in the NFL, period. Here's the thing. They are both in the AFC, right? So with that being the case, I looked over at the uh, NFC. And as I was looking at the NFC, you go up and down the list, right? And who was that team that was the absolute terror? It's San Francisco. Well, San Francisco right now, if they took a team photo, they would do it in the lobby of a hospital. I mean, those guys are injured like crazy. Right, San Francisco is dealing with a ridiculous amount of injuries. All sorts of star players. Jimmy Garoppolo's had problems. Richard Sherman, George Kittle. Um, if you want to get into the running backs, right? Raheem Mostert, who's not a star, but that guy's a really good, effective player for them. He's hurt. Tevin Coleman is hurt. Like anybody you can think of that you can actually name, for the most part, the casual fan can name on the 49ers, that guy is injured. That's where the 49ers are right now. So you look at that and you go, okay. The NFC feels wide open. I mean, absolutely wide open. And that's what fascinates me right now. As the Chiefs and Ravens are getting ready to go on Monday night, and that's going to be the big matchup that's talked about all throughout the weekend, that's the AFC. What is the NFC right now? I mean, what are the teams that you look at and you go, wow, like this team is actually a contender. This is a team that I can see winning the Super Bowl, beating the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Like, who are those teams? Who's that team for you that really stands out right now? 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. I'm Vince Quinn, and you can also join the show on Twitter. And you can do that at It's Vince Quinn. That's all one word, at It's Vince Quinn. So you run down the whole NFC, and I'll say this. There's a lot of really good teams in the NFC. There's not as much buzz for different reasons. Like the one really buzzy team, obviously, let's just get them out of the way right up front, Seattle. Seattle, if you're looking at a team right now that you say, okay, this is the best team in the NFC, I guarantee you, as we get calls tonight, I, I bet that Seattle is the one that gets the most love. I understand it. Because you know what? I've been on the Russell Wilson bandwagon for as long as anybody. That guy is absolutely stone cold, unbelievably amazing. That is a Hall of Famer right in front of our eyes. Took a while for him to get the recognition because you had all these other quarterbacks, all these other guys, these legends of the game that have been around for as long as they've been, continued to be successful, pushing the limits of age and changing the position as we know it in the process. 
right? As you see Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Roethlisberger, and, and with all those names sticking around for so long being so popular, well, Russell Wilson, you know, it kind of drifted under the radar a little bit. He can't do that anymore. He stands out too much. They're giving him the ball too much. And when you see Russell Wilson and what he's doing, game in and game out, and right now, I mean, it's, it's just been it's been ridiculous. Two games in, Russell Wilson has been the best player in football. Like, he's, he's incredible. And so looking at that, you look at the Jamal Adams edition, for example. You look at the defense that Pete Carroll's been able to just build year in and year out, and, and you go, okay, is that the best team in the NFC? Very well could be. I've got some worries about Seattle, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but that could be, maybe, in your opinion, that's the best team in the NFC. 855-212-4227. What is that team? You know? Here's one. Green Bay Packers. What do you think about the Packers? Because to me, it here's the thing. If I was going to give you a team right now, here in this moment, that I said, this is the best team in the NFC, I would go with Green Bay. I'd pick him over Seattle. Vince, why would you do that? You just say how much you love Russell Wilson, how amazing he is. He's the best player in football right now. I said all those things. I did. But you know what? I don't trust the offensive coaching enough. I don't know if they're going to give Russell Wilson the ball as much as he needs to. I don't know if they're going to do that all season. Two weeks, it's been nice. But I don't know if I can trust that. I don't know how much I can believe in that. I can look at Green Bay, and that's a team that last year, without giving Aaron Rodgers the ball, they got to the NFC Championship game. Like, that team did it last year. The thing that stopped them, the thing that crushed them was San Francisco. They're clearly a mess. I mean, is it reasonable, is it possible to look at Green Bay and say they're the best team right now in the NFC? If you're going to pick one team that could make it out, that could get the one seed, I mean, can Green Bay be that team? And to me, yes. I think it's Green Bay. Here's part of it. Here's, Here's another reason why. So far, they played Minnesota. Minnesota's 0-2. Okay, they played Detroit, beat Detroit. Detroit's 0-2. But they put up points like crazy. And and that's the thing that matters, right? Right now, Green Bay is actually, they're the best offense in football. Yards, points, they're number one. Aaron Rodgers, number one. He's doing it. So when Rodgers looks this good right now, and when you see them putting up this kind of level of points, and when you look at really... The fact that, and this is a big indicator for me, when you're trying to figure out who's a good team, who's a very good team, who's an elite team, you know, as you as you try to parse all of that out and, and paint a better picture of who the best teams are and who the real contenders are, one of the biggest things to me, every single year, I think stands out, a good team will generally beat a bad team, sure. Not surprising. That's not a prophetic statement that will not be written in a book a hundred years from now. Okay? I get that. I understand. It's obvious. But the great teams will blow out the bad teams. And that's what we saw in week two. Packers absolutely run away from it over the Detroit Lions. They win that game 42 to 21. They knocked them out. That's a bad team that they stomped into the dirt. That's what you were supposed to do. You know, they put up 43 points against Minnesota. Minnesota has some offensive weapons. They put up 34. I'm not going to cry about that. Minnesota could be better than we think at 0-2. So, 
for them to get that win week one, for them to stomp out Detroit week two, handle their business the way they're supposed to, I look at Green Bay and I go, you know what? I can absolutely get on the Green Bay bandwagon right now here in this moment because obviously it's early in the season, right? And that's the thing. Because you go into the season and your expectations are all these different things. We have all these beliefs. I mean, how many people told you, hey, Tom Brady, here we go. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're going to look great. And then week one, they don't exactly look great. It looks a little better week two. But we're not quite singing the praises of Tampa Bay and Tom Brady yet. I don't know if the Super Bowl bets are quite rolling in yet when you're looking at the whole picture. It's going to take time for them. they got to figure some things out. But for the Packers... They've got that continuity. You know, this is a team that has now been together. They've they've been deep in the playoffs with this coaching staff. And so can I look at that in that division? And that is one of the biggest things. That's why, in part, talking about Tom Brady, what was his advantage all those years in New England, right? Why was it that Tom Brady, every single year, was able to, if not get the one seed, be damn close to it? How was that possible? How did he do it? What happened? Well... Playing against one of the worst divisions in football every single year is certainly going to help. That was the Patriots' advantage. That was their secret sauce, if you will. You know, it was, okay, play Miami twice a year. Play the Bills twice a year. Play the Dolphins. Or, or I, I already said Miami, didn't I? Can you tell it's late? Yeah, Graceffo, you're smiling and laughing at me. I, I, okay, I, I want to sort out this problem now because I feel like such an idiot for getting stuck on this. It's the it's the Dolphins. It's the Bills. And, and now you're sitting there, oh, the Jets, it's the worst team. Yes, a very forgettable team. Are, are you sad that I forgot about the Jets? No. Yeah, I don't think so. What, the Jets are terrible. I, I don't know how you're going to do this the, the whole season. How are you going to get through this year? I don't want to, like, you were on a pretty good roll. I don't know why we're, <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> disrupt your momentum here. Well, yeah, I've got a, I've got a goldfish brain, and now I'm on the, Met, the, the Jets for a second. I just, you have to be amazed once in a while at how bad a team is. Like, we go from talking about elite teams and why I'm buying Green Bay, and they're playing a bad division, and then I, I get into the Jets, and I go, wow, that is the total opposite of Green Bay. Well, you know, just, just one thing on this, and then we'll move on. Okay. Because it's painful. <laughs> uh, all of the headlines coming in for tomorrow's game against Indianapolis in Indianapolis mm-hmm. are can the Jets hold a lead or can the Jets get a lead or can the Jets keep it close? <laughs> can they get not, a lead? Can, not, like, can they win? <laughs> are they capable are they at any capable point in the football lead? game? At any point? are they? Are they or are they capable of just like keeping it a one-possession game? Those are the headlines coming in in this fair city. Wow. That's, that's embarrassing. It's yeah. like... Can this toddler stand on its own two feet? Coming up at eleven, like that's the. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're dealing with. Wow. Okay, so so let's go back to this because talking about the best teams in the NFC. I mean, do, do you have a? Is there a team that stands out to you right now? Is there a team you're riding the wave NFC? Not particularly. I think we're still in like that early, the early infant stages of the season, obviously. Um, but I think, in terms of talent, in terms of weapons, in terms of Having the guy who's been there before. You know where I'm going, right? Well, I'm, I have Green Bay, we're and going that's to, the thing. We're going to Tampa Bay. Oh, okay. I really think that they're going to get it figured out. There's just too much talent there. Um, and it's just talent stacked on top of talent. I mean, you know, look at the stable of running backs they have alone. You know, LaShawn McCoy, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. And, you know, the targets he has, the targets Mr. Brady has to throw to are, are not too shabby. So, listen, they obviously are going to need their time. They have last time I checked 14 games left to play. There were a cup there were a couple 
weird things after week one in terms of Tom getting, you know, they had every Tampa Bay reporter had to ask him, hey, Tom, did you like the fact that Bruce Arians not really kind of <laughs> called you out? I mean, Bruce Arians yeah. is very tame after the game. So, but again, this is calling out Tom Brady, according to every reporter. Uh, listen, give it time. It's Tom Brady. Well, yeah, and that's that's a fair argument to make. Like, I want to see it first. I have some doubts about Tampa Bay. I have some Until things Tom that worry Brady me. Until Tom buried. Well, yeah. I will, I will think that there there is a way they will be in the playoffs this year. Especially I would assume, with the seventh playoff team. Yeah, the seventh playoff team, I think, makes it a lock that Tampa Bay is going to get in. That that definitely changes the game, and they're going to do it. Um, people are adamant to be like, oh, well, he had a bad week, so this isn't going to work. He's already done. Like, put him in the glue factory. And it's like, all right, people, let's relax a little bit, okay? We've done this enough times, this song and dance, to know that we can't just bury Tom Brady. But right now, if I had to go with Tampa Bay or Green Bay, I'm going Green Bay. I mean, I I really I know it's not the sexy pick because Aaron Rodgers has been around for forever. He's probably not going to be the super elite guy that we've seen in the past. Although right now, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Like he's having a great year right now. So if you get anything like that level of Aaron Rodgers throughout the season with a team that already last year, what, 13 and three NFC championship game. Yes, they get crushed by San Francisco, but San Francisco's injured. You look at Green Bay, that's a team that's got a soft schedule this year. I mean, they could really go places. And so when I'm thinking about the best teams in the NFC, right now, I'm looking at Green Bay. I know Seattle's trendy. I'm looking at Green Bay. So I'd love to hear from you, though. Who do you think's the best team in the NFC at this point? So we got the Chiefs and Ravens coming up on Monday. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn with you on CBS Sports Radio. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. Getting jiggy with it. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. And I would be lying to you if I said that I don't know every single word of getting jiggy with it. It it is a requirement of where I'm from. It's the song of my people in Philadelphia. And, uh, yeah, I've I've actually even done it at karaoke. It's a a crowd pleaser. It's another one from the freezer. I'm just saying. Um, So, (laughs) yes, I am Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. And as we started the show... It's just the idea, like, I look at this Chiefs and Ravens game that's coming up on Monday night. Everybody's going to be talking about it. It's a big deal, obviously. It's, the, it's really the best possible game you could get on the NFL schedule this year. That is the, the game that you are dying for, right? Especially now that San Francisco's injured and, you know, it, it's like, what do they look like in a couple of weeks? I don't know. Um, I've got a theory about San Francisco that I want to get to pretty soon, but... Man, uh, they're just a mess right now. So the excitement level that goes into a Chiefs-Ravens game is incredibly high. I get that. I feel that. I can't wait for Monday night. But also, I kind of look around and go, okay, well, here's two elite teams in the AFC. Who's the top team in the NFC? I don't know. And and, and trying to figure that out is a really fascinating thing. And I'm just kind of curious, two weeks in, who you see right now as the best team in the NFC. Because the Saints right now, there's all these discussions about Drew Brees. His arm is falling off of his body. He's like Woody in Toy Story 2. Somebody sew it back on. My goodness. I know. It's like, okay, I, I don't think it's that bad. Let's calm down. But the Saints are 1-1. One one, so, okay, maybe they're not as great as we thought. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 1-1. One one. We me and Graceffo were talking about that last segment a little bit. Um 
I look at the Green Bay Packers right now. I go, okay, to me, that's the best team in the NFC. Right now, based on the playoff history, the reliability of the quarterback, um, the continuity of things, I just I, I look at that and I go, okay, I can see the Packers doing it. I can see the Packers with the running game that they've got, Devontae Adams. Like, it, There's enough things for me to buy the Packers as the best team in the NFC. By the way, with that schedule, I mean, I really can't emphasize this. Their schedule is terrible. They have a weak schedule. Compared to teams like Seattle's going to be popular tonight. We'll talk about Seattle. That's a hell of a schedule. I mean, you got to play the uh, the NFC West six games. That's six games on your schedule. That's tough. That's exhausting, right? That's a complicated, messy, ugly, amazing division. That's not the case for the Packers. Like, maybe Minnesota's good. Maybe. They're, they're 0-2 right now, and they've looked like garbage, so it's crazy to say that, but there's a lot of talent on that team. Maybe they figure it out. Right now... I mean, the rest of the division, like, do you buy Chicago at 2-0? and Are you are you on the Mitch Trubisky bandwagon? Let's make those MVP bets, baby. Dark horse, you with me? No? Nobody? Bueller? No? Okay, yeah. Uh, there's no reason to, to believe in that. I look at the Lions. <laughs> I think it's enough said. So, it's an easy division. It's an easy division, an easy schedule. I can see the Packers getting the one seed. And, and having that buy, that home field advantage at Lambeau, you know what I mean? There's just a lot of things that I look at with Green Bay. And it just feels like it's shaking out right for them. Again, it's early, and I know that. But that's kind of the fun of things, right? It's just who do you think is is the best team in the NFC right now? And I like Green Bay a lot. I love, I really love what I'm seeing. But if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, and it's sponsored by GEICO. Did you know at... Did you know that right now Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Visit geico.com to learn more. So let's go to the phones here and let's talk to, let's see here. Ah, Jimmy in Dallas. Jimmy, I wonder who your team, who do you think is the best team in the NFC, Jimmy? I'm glad you brought up Green Bay because we we had to go to Green Bay to get our head coach. I'll I'll just I'll just say right now, Dallas has been horrible <laughs> with Jason Garrett, and then who picks up Jason Garrett? The Giants. So I think the NFC East is still mediocre, but I think the talent at Dallas. We got some good players, kind of like um, some of the other teams that like Tampa Bay. They'll figure it out. I think it's going to be this in the NFC. To your point this big group of teams that are going to be kind of slow starting like the Saints slow start. Seattle's off to a good start. That Seattle game this weekend with Dallas, that could be a preview of a playoff game, maybe a wild card team. I think Seattle has an advantage because San Francisco's hurt, but San Francisco, they'll get some guys back halfway through the season. So it's going to be a big model of close games, and it's going to be a struggle for the NFC. Green Bay, to your point, is a great team. That's why we brought in a Green Bay coach. I think McCartney is going to get Dallas to the you know, wild card at least to the playoffs, and we'll see what happens because there's just too much talent. they got to figure it out. Another team in the NFC that no one's really talking about, I think the Rams will surprise some people and or the Cardinals. That that West is so wide open. Um, yeah. The, you know, the, the Seattle's going to be good, of course, Russ Wilson. But – there's a lot of good players with the Rams. There's a lot of good talent on that Arizona Cardinal team. I got Hopkins on my team. And the last point I want to make with Minnesota, because uh, I've got some friends and family that, they, that live in Minnesota. Minnesota's biggest challenge right now is their defense. They've got good scoring offense. I mean, they scored how many against Green Bay? Yeah, they, they put up 34 in Green Hunter, Bay, but then Cousins was terrible, though, the next week. Defense. 
So, hey, Jimmy, yeah, no, you, you make some interesting points, and I appreciate the call, man. And if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. Now, you just covered a lot of ground. So, so one of the things there is talking about Dallas, and I'll say this. Dallas is clearly the best team in the NFC East. That's not much of a compliment, though. I mean, my goodness. The NFC East is one of the worst divisions you'll ever watch. What a terrible stretch of teams. I mean, what a miserable year it's going to be for fans of basically every team in that division. If you're not an Eagles fan and dreading every second of every day, I don't know what you're doing. To look at the Giants and see Saquon Barkley is now out for the year, that's one of the few things that can, like, guaranteed bring you joy every single week is watching those calves out there powering through on the field. Well, he's gone, right? The giants are going to be terrible. It's all okay. Is Danny Jones? Is he okay? And I like, what, what is the state of Danny dimes? That's your whole season now. And he doesn't have his best running back to support him. That team is a dud Washington. They're one and one. Their one win was against the Eagles. I, I, that doesn't mean anything. And so I, I don't buy them either. You know what I mean? It's just like you look at that and Dallas, I would, at this point, it looks like Dallas is a lock to win the division. Now it's early. So I get it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say place the bet, but man, they're just far and away above everybody else, but they're still not that good. I mean, that's the thing I'm looking at Dallas right now and I go, okay, is the talent abundant? Yes, there is talent everywhere on that team. They are a loaded roster. They, I know they've had some injuries, linebacker. They've, they've been banged up. Not really surprising, but they're banged up there. That's an important position for them. But outside of that, I mean, they've just got talent everywhere. Getting Alden Smith, who's just been, I mean, he's been a mess the past couple of years. And to get him and bring him in and have him contribute, that's impressive. Like, that was, that was a risky move that's paid off so far. But is that enough for me to trust Mike McCarthy with that team as a real playoff contender. That's the hangup. I know he won a Super Bowl years ago. But is he an innovator right now? Like, is he a guy that you look at and go, you know, he's doing really creative things. He's the guy that's taking it up a notch. He's made a lot of refinements, and people are going to be learning from Mike McCarthy. Wow, what did he learn in that year he took off? Like, Graceffo's smiling over there. I, you're, you're just cracking up at this, right? Like, you can't buy McCarthy. He's the guy who goes for two at the wrong time. Yeah, that's that's the thing is like, I can't, I can't look at that guy. Like he is basically, I'm doubting Mike McCarthy until he proves me wrong. Well, let's put it this way. If the Falcons were, I don't know, you pick the word able to, I don't even know what the word is. (laughs) Competent. If the Falcons were competent. Would we be talk? Would we be taking a call on the Cowboys tonight? Probably no, not. We would not. Yeah, they'd be zero and two, and the winner in the division right now would be Washington at one one. If the Falcons weren't blowing a fifteen point lead with four minutes left, yeah, which it, is impossible. It is impossible. And if they weren't just watching an onside kick just ruin the game for them, they're like, oh, the ball, like it, it's ten yards, right? It's got to clear ten yards for Dallas to get it. Well, let's make sure it gets there. Like I don't know, it was like the supporting cast in Lord of the Rings. Like let's pave the way for Frodo, and they just sit there and let the ball meander its way into Mordor and and just blow up everything. I mean, it was crazy that they allowed that to happen. Yes, we're getting late night Lord of the Rings references on Sports Talk Radio. That's what I do. That's what we bring to the table. But you, you look at that and you go just like, this is the most confusing, nonsensical, whatever. So yeah, Dallas, I'm just not buying it yet. I'm sorry. I, they got to win a playoff game or two before I'm actually on board. That's just where I'm at. So 
855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn. You can always find me on Twitter. Happy to read tweets, by the way. You can find me at It's Vince Quinn. That's all one word. It's Vince Quinn. So here's what we're going to do when we come back. We're going to get a little bit more into NFC contenders. Who do you think they are? Who stood out to you so far this year? Also, we're going to talk a little basketball with David Shepard. That's all coming up next. Keep it here. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, and this might be my last show. We'll find out. <laughs> Let's find out next week. 855-212-4227 is how you get in. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. When you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, Rocket can. So here's how we started the show Talking about the NFL, because you see the Chiefs and the Ravens, and you go, okay, these are this is really everything you could possibly ask for in a football game. These are two of the best teams in the NFL. They have the, you know, Mahomes versus Lamar, the youngest MVPs to play against each other in a game. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff going on in that game. There's a lot of suspense. Like, it's just going to be a high-flying, crazy game. So there's a lot of excitement about that. But those are the best teams in the AFC and the NFC feels totally open right now. I mean, there's there's a lot of really good teams. There's a lot of interesting teams. There's a couple of god-awful teams. But there's no clear-cut winner, I would say, at this point. If I'm going to give you one team that I believe in the most right now, two weeks in, the team that I'm buying the most as a contender, I didn't think I'd say this, but I'm going with the Packers. I mean, the Packers just have a lot of things going for them in terms of... Aaron Rodgers and what he looks like right now, it seems like they're letting him pass the ball more, which they should. Same way Seattle is letting uh, Russell Wilson pass more. Rodgers is passing more. Love to see that. And you look at the running game, still great. Like, they just, they have enough things. They've now been on that playoff run, and so they have the experience. You know, you had a first-time head coach last year. Well, now he's got experience doing the gig. So that was my concern last year. Now they have the experience easy schedule. There's just a lot of things that pile up for Green Bay, and I could say right now, I can see them as the best team in the NFC. I think there's a really good case to be made. And if you want to get in and talk about it, 855-212-4227. That's how you do it, and I'll say it a little slower, because you might be like, hey, I'm trying to hit the buttons, but Vince, you're talking too fast. I can only remember so much. It's the modern age. We Google everything. All right, well, here we go. 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. Now, Here's the thing, is that's how we started the show, okay? That's how we started it, and we will continue to talk about that on the phones for sure. Happy to do it. But I also do have to wonder, because now that LeBron, it's his 10th finals appearance, Lakers are going there, he's going, we're naturally going to get LeBron and Jordan conversation. And my question is, do you actually enjoy that? Do you, does that bring you happiness? I, I put out the poll on Twitter because a lot of times that conversation drives me insane. I get why people do it. I get it. I don't fault anybody for doing it, but I, I, I just can't do it. All right. So 
Here's my question. Do you enjoy comparing LeBron and Jordan? Right now, 77% say no. <laughs> they do not. <laughs> is smiling because he doesn't enjoy it either, and you shouldn't. Uh, so that's where it's at right now. If you want to vote on the poll, you could do it at It's Vince Quinn on Twitter. That's all one word. <laughs> at It's Vince Quinn. So let's take a call real quick, and let's go to Richard in Myrtle Beach. Richard, you're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up? Hey, Vince. Love the show. Thanks, man. Uh, uh, as far as the NFC, I would put uh, Seattle first. I'd put Green Bay second, and I would put the Saints third. I would have them in that order. Okay. And one other thing before I let you go, I know the NFC East stinks. I've been a Washington fan for over 50 years, but I will say this. Our only win was against Philly, but we sacked Wentz eight times. I love our defense. <laughs> yeah. They're good, and they're going to get better if they stay strong. Um, I think they'll give Dallas and the rest of the ones a run for the money in the NFC. I, I think they'll get respect now that Ron Rivera is there. So I'm just looking to see what this – I know our offense things, but – Well, yeah, and that's the thing, Richard. Like, I get the defense, and, yeah, I saw it firsthand. I, I watched them pummel Carson Wentz into the dirt. He had, like, a chalk outline, you know what I mean? Like, they were all over the field because he just got crushed all day long. So the defense is great. But, yeah, that offense is just not good enough to contend this year. I mean, they, they've got a lot of work to do, and that's the thing. you got an encouraging couple of pieces. You want to see what Rivera can do this year. But otherwise, with Washington – you just gotta you gotta see what sticks, and that's really what it's about. How good is Haskins and all that? So, Richard, I appreciate the call, man, and thanks. If you want to get in, eight five five two one two four two two seven. That's how you join the show. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Let's go to Rocky in Toronto. Rocky, you're on CBS Sports Radio. I appreciate you taking my call, and um, I'm just listening to this debate, and you know, like I've been hearing this over the years between LeBron James and Jordan, and you know, the previous caller that. The previous person, you, uh, Shepard, when he said, like, uh, Kobe's uh, ahead, ahead of LeBron, I think I kind of have to disagree to a certain extent. The reason why I say that... Well, well hold on, Rock, because here's the thing. is Here's my question to you. So, do you actually, like, are, are you a guy that gets a kick out of comparing LeBron and Jordan? Do you, do you like those conversations? I don't mind. Actually, I like it because of the fact that LeBron James is still playing at 35, and how many people can say that at his age, in his 17th season, going to the NBA Finals and trying to win a championship? Only a couple other people can say that, and that's Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And if you put that in that conversation, I think it's only coming down to Jordan and LeBron James because Kobe had Shaq and Paul Gasol because if, he, if it weren't for those two, he wouldn't well, be winning. Yeah, and, and, and Rocky, I mean, I hear you, and thanks for the call, but I just I don't want to do all that. I just, I'm not here for that tonight. If anything, I would almost want to spend the entire night... I, I, just spitballing here, Graceffo. Just spitballing. But what if we just compared LeBron and Jordan at everything that wasn't basketball? What if the whole show was like we just we just weighed like, all right, who's the better actor, LeBron or Michael Jordan? Who's you know the better I mean? political activist? Yeah, LeBron's got him beat by a mile on that one. Who do you think's the better golfer? A Jordan. Jordan is he? I know he golfs a lot. I mean, I know Jordan. I I don't really see LeBron golfing. You know, could we get that as the match? Could we get that as the next round? Could we get Tiger and Phil to I don't put think up you'll money? Ever see LeBron or Jordan get together to do anything together? I don't think they would I think either. They secretly, I think Jordan secretly hates him. Oh yeah, and I think the feeling is probably mutual. 
It ha- well, I don't know how much LeBron. It, I guess it depends on what I kind of love he's getting behind the LeBron, scenes. I shouldn't say hate from LeBron's aspect. I don't know. A um a very polite dislike of each other. Yeah, I would think that. Yes, because yeah. which I get it for Jordan especially because once you're older and you're out of the spotlight we a little all, bit, he put out the last dance because people were talking about LeBron too much. We we know this; it's a fact. I think I can certainly see that, right? Like, and yeah, it's I think that's a pretty easy connection to make. Jordan's the most competitive guy ever, and he suddenly to LeBron. Remind people of like, oh, this is the person you're comparing me to. Here, watch this ten part documentary that never ends. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, better filmmaker, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? That's a good one. I mean, there, wasn't, one. there wasn't really a whole lot of hard-hitting stuff for MJ in that documentary. No, you know? there wasn't, no, except for the whiskey. No, no, no. That was, yeah, that the and the, the, the fake hardest. story of the pizza. And uh, Oh, yes, I like that story. Yeah, and That was the, fun. Uh, and the, 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 the Repub- only Republicans buy shoes, too, which was, which was all just a joke. Never meant it. Ne- never, never said it to uh, to gain any sort of traction, which is which is true because um, I my understanding is all Republicans don't wear shoes; they all walk around barefoot. Is that not the truth? Is that or not the how fact that goes? That, you know, Mike hawked every product he could find. Yeah, that too. Well, he's I mean, he made that's the thing. He's a pioneer, and that's part of why you get this comparison of him and LeBron is like he's this multi, you know, he's this diverse empire of a man. He is a single brand unto himself, and, Vince, and LeBron did you has know been something that. else. Yes. When Michael Jordan lost, he was the only guy who worked hard to come back to get better. Do you know that about him? He's the only one. He's actually, the only in, guy in any sport. When they, in any sport, when they when when he lost in a playoff series, the only guy that worked harder to get back and get better. He's the only one. Wow. Yeah. I wish I. They had really this. made a big point of like Michael got in the weight room to get better, as if no one else does that. Your your disdain for Michael Jordan is very charming. I have to say, I love it. I yeah, love you should have been around me in March. Oh yeah, when there was nothing else on TV, and this is the thing that we're stuffing down our throats. That was the only thing. I mean, how hyped up people got to be like, oh my god, there's something that's kind of sort of related to the sports that isn't like a horse tournament on cell phones. And then ESPN was like, oh, yeah, we'll just put on a documentary every week, and it'll do the same numbers. It'll be great. Yeah. And they're like, oh, nobody cares about Lance Armstrong. Yeah, it wasn't quite the same. Uh, definitely not. So, okay, here's the thing. is I, I want to go back a little bit now to the, the, the football stuff here. We'll certainly sorry talk more. I derailed you. No, no, no. That's exactly where I wanted to go. I was happy to have that conversation, and we will certainly be going back to it because comparing LeBron and Jordan in totally non-basketball things is interesting to me. Um, as much as the other stuff, not so much. So here's what I'm looking at is right now trying to figure out the best teams in the NFC, right? And I'm going through my head, and I'm looking through the standings, and I'm looking at some of these teams, and I'm like, okay, that team's pretty good, but I don't know, like, is that the best team in the NFC? What, what about these guys, like Tampa Bay? Am I buying that yet? I, I know the story behind it. I get the, the momentum there, but am I quite buying that yet? No, I'm not. Um, the Saints, I could still, I, I can see the Saints still. I'm not getting off the Saints bandwagon yet. It's only two weeks in. It's, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say they're done for, although losing to Oakland like that is, or I said Oakland, that's going to happen a lot. Uh, losing to Vegas is, is not the most encouraging thing, although I think Vegas is good. You'd expect the Saints to win that game. And here's what I'm looking at now is as you're going through the hierarchy of the NFC, I can't stop thinking about a team that's in fourth place. I'm thinking a lot about San Francisco. A lot. 
They could still be the best team in the conference here. I know we're leaving them for dead. It is appealing to leave them for dead. One, because they were successful last year, and it's fun to look at things that are, that are successful and just kick them into the dirt. People love doing that. It seems to be a pastime. So I get it, okay? But I look at San Francisco, and I know all the injuries that they've got, but there's plenty of opportunity for San Francisco to still be in the running here, to still win the division and be the best team in the NFC. I mean, it might feel very improbable right now, but San Francisco can still do this, and here's why. I know what the injuries are, right? And they're all over the place. A lot of major positions, a lot of big names, basically all of the big names. But they're not major injuries. For the most part, these guys are going to be back in a couple of weeks. Richard Sherman, you know, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert. Like, those guys will be back. They will be playing football and playing football soon. So that's exciting. I can buy into that, you know? And here's the other thing, and this is really more important here when you're taking into account whether or not the 49ers can actually be relevant. Because I know what the division is. Vince, they have the Cardinals. They've got the Seahawks. They've got the Rams. Like, what are the odds that San Francisco, with all of these injuries, can actually overcome that? Well, again, the injuries that they have are more short-term than anything. But also, their short-term schedule is a gift from the gods, okay? They got hurt last week. They were playing the Jets. They still beat the Jets with their backups. 31-13. to Graceffo feels that in his heart. This, this week, the 49ers, they play the Giants. That's probably a win, right? I, I would assume San Francisco is going to travel back to New York again to that terrible turf again and beat the Giants. They're just going to do it. Next week, they play the Eagles. The Eagles travel to San Francisco. They will get their brains beat in, and then they're going to fly back, and the city of Philadelphia is going to burn to the ground. The next week, the 49ers play the Dolphins. The Dolphins, unless you get that, you know, frisky Fitzmagic, and they don't have all their guys back, the 49ers are going to win that game. So the next three weeks... You've got pretty easy football, incredibly winnable football as they go and get healthy. And then you play the Rams, and then you play the Patriots, and then you play the Seahawks and the four, er, and the Packers and the Saints. Like That's when they get into that tough stretch of the schedule. And it's a gruesome schedule for a good chunk there. But if they're healthy, they can win enough of those games. So I'm not counting San Francisco out yet. Like It's easy to, because hey, injuries, it's been a lot of injuries. But they're very much alive. So I can still buy the argument that San Francisco is the best team in the NFC. I wouldn't pick them right now. Got a long way to go, and they've got a tough schedule, but not as bad as you think it is. Now, for me, if I had to pick a team right now, if I was just saying one team that I believe is the best team in the NFC at this moment, I'm going with Green Bay. That's my pick. Beat the snot out of the Lions. Nice thing to see. Put up a billion points on the on the uh, Vikings. 2-0, and weak division. That's a pretty good-looking team to me. So if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show, 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn. You can always join the show at It's Vince Quinn. That's all one word. It's Vince Quinn. And we'll be right back. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio.
listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. And Rick Astley, if you're listening, 855-212-4227. Rick, please call. I love you. 855-212-4227. I actually say this, by the way. I used to have a, a point. I, I used to be a producer. That's what, that's how I started in the business. And I would have this point where we would do, we would have football games. And you have to do this countdown and make sure you run the clock right so that you transition from commercials to the game itself. I always used to run this prank in Philly where I would make sure that I did the timing wrong. So I had 10 to 15 seconds of airtime that was going to be empty air, just completely empty blank space of airtime, just nothing. And... I would fill that time with Rick Astley every single time going into like Monday night football. It would just be 15 seconds out of nowhere of Rick Astley. And then the game broadcast, like nothing happened is <laughs> one of my favorite things ever. This song is a, an institution of American culture. Graceffo. The song is great. And nobody, nobody at your radio station said anything ever. They never noticed. They I never, got nobody, nobody ever said a word, but what I would do is I would check Twitter and I would just check the station's handle and see if somebody tweeted at the account to see if, like, did you guys just play Rick Astley before the NFL game? It was like, yes, we did just play Rick Astley. I'm doing it every single week. And nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody in management ever said a word to me. And I did it for two years. So I probably did it legitimately 32 times. And I never got Very in trouble scary. once. It was <laughs> Very scary. Like of the hierarchy. Well, in I, certain places. I mean, it was late at night. I guess they just weren't listening. Like, oh, it's eight o'clock on a Sunday or whatever, or Monday night. Like, just just let them do whatever. Like, everything's fine. But nope, fifteen seconds yeah, we're of only Rick Astley. NFL football game. What's that? I said we're only playing the NFL game. You know. Yeah. No. no. What gets you more pumped up for an NFL football game than a couple of seconds of never going to give you up? I'm just saying. I mean, it's a great song. You know. Yeah. No, it is. It's a great song. That's were you why. Alive when that song came out. Was I alive? When did that song come out? Probably like. Early nineties, yeah. Early nineties, yeah. I was I was alive. I was uh, I was probably pooping myself, but I was alive. There was a big controversy that people didn't realize Rick Astley was white. Wait, really? Yeah, really. Because he's got like such a deep voice. And if yeah, yeah, yeah. you ask so, like, me, so like this is back feeling. in the day where like nobody knew what everybody looked like immediately. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Wow, I mean that's that's so funny. Wow. Okay, Rick Astley. Look at him. But, I, I, yeah, it was abundantly clear to me. I would have never considered that because I've always, like, it's not just that I knew the song anyway, but the video, like, the whole Rick Rolling bit that used to go on all the time, which is probably still which active. Is, which is what saved this song. Yes. I mean, oh. the song culturally re- relevant for the rest of time. Well, yeah, and that's that's typically how it goes, right? It's certain songs that, like, they come out in their time and they're popular or they're not, and then they disappear, and then, like, a movie plays a song and it suddenly becomes incredibly popular, or a commercial puts in a song and it becomes popular again. Like, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is great for that, right? Because, like, um, Come and Get Your Love. That song was not everywhere. And then Guardians of the Galaxy comes out, and they put in Come and Get Your Love, and that song is everywhere. I mean, that song was inescapable and to a degree is still heavily played. You know what I mean? Like, there's just something about that song that sticks with people. They go, oh, wow, this is great. And I don't know how popular it was when it came out. I, I wasn't around. But, man, I mean, that's an amazing song. So I love how that kind of thing can happen. Rick Rowling brings back Rick Astley. That's what the world needed. We need more of it. I think that would solve our nation's problems. It's just more Rick Astley. Less LeBron and Michael Jordan arguments and yes. more Rick Astley. Well, I did just get one actually on Twitter. So comparison, because we have to. I think it is an obligation for us in sports radio to compare LeBron is James it, and Michael Jordan. For the millionth time? 
Yes. Yeah. But we just got to keep doing it till the end of time. Well, here's here's the thing. Okay, here's the comparison. Best mustache. There's been times the Jordan. The Jordan, st- Jordan with a weird mustache. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen LeBron with all sorts of different facial hair. Who do you give it to? Better facial hair. Yeah, you got to give it to LeBron just because of the weird mustache Jordan was wearing for a while. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was know. that was the '90s thing. Could you imagine wearing that kind of mustache like all the time today in the NBA? It just it, it's such a different look. I can't see that going. Yeah, better head of hair, or lack <laughs> thereof. You know, better head of hair actually goes to Jordan. Yeah, right. Because LeBron just refuses to give up. Yes, that's a, that's he's an never important. Gonna, one. He's never going to give up the hair. Like he's never like, going to give right, it up. Right. He won't do it. <laughs> No matter what happens, you will not do it. No. No. There's no way. The Like a, a razor company could give LeBron, like, here's $10 billion. If you shave your head live on television, you wouldn't do it. No, probably not. Unless that money went to charity, maybe he would do it. But Yeah, fair. Yeah, but generally he's he's fighting the good fight, and I respect that. But here's, here's the also thing. I would wonder if it's comforting to bald men in America to see LeBron James, who is the biggest athlete in the world right now, and for all of the money and success that LeBron James has had, and for him to try as hard as he has to keep the hair going but not be able to make it work. Like, I don't know if that's inspiring to a bald guy. If you look at it and go, if LeBron James can't do it, I never had a shot. I'm just better shaving the whole thing off. I made the right choice. Well, this is why I pray it never happens, you know? You don't want to be settled with that conundrum. No, and like I worry about that a little bit. Now, my dad still has his hair, and he's in his mid-60s, so I feel good about it. But I feel like it probably would have happened to you by now. Yeah, I think so. I, I my hair looks good. It's well, not like good, good. It's not like oh, look at that Rico Suave kind of guy. But you know, it's an acceptable haircut, I would say. And, it, and the hair is there. It's the, the line is good. That's the most important thing. Yes, the line is there. As opposed to LeBron, where it's not. Yeah, well, yeah. it comes and goes. It's like the tide these days. Well, like yeah, I just should... looked at the screen because there's highlights of the Lakers game as we're doing this, and, and I looked at his hair and I was like, oh yeah, okay. In well, this stage, LeBron, LeBron should readopt the headband, but he won't do it. Yeah, you know that would that, that. Well, I don't know if that helps or not. I mean, it might pull it off used to the help hair because it looked like the hairline wasn't as receding as it was because he had the headband covering it. Well, it's covering things, but the top is really the problem these days. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. The head, nothing's helping the top. Yeah, no, the top looks better now. So I don't know what he's doing right now, but whoever just did the top of LeBron's head, they should put out an ad because people might be interested in that. It's just a question of how long it lasts. I guess that's the big the big question that that America's wondering. <laughs> How long the last hairs on LeBron's head are going to last? Yes, that's that's what everybody wants. It's like a death pool. It's more important than LeBron versus Jordan. That's for sure. It's It's like, oh, I have LeBron's last hair going out in the year 2040. What do you got? That's that's a fun pool. Um, we we will not do that though. So if you sure, want, we're not going to do. It. Well, we might. Who knows? I think anything is on the table with this show. Um, it's three thirty in the morning. Yes. And it, well, it's twelve thirty on the West Coast. Okay, we got the West Coast Every listenership fan as well. Is loving this conversation. They are. They're like, why is he just talking about LeBron's hairline? This guy just went to the finals for the tenth time. That's exactly why we're talking about LeBron's airline. Because I am not spending tonight going, well, this is his 10th time. Well, Jordan has six titles and he went, what? He only went six times, right? So, and can you believe he never lost? Well, yeah. So that's clearly better. If your win rate is six for six and you never lost, that's better than going 10 times, even if you only won three or four. We'll see how this 10th time goes. Six out of six is better, factually. It's like, I, I don't think so. Um, you can make that case if you want, but getting there 10 times is very relevant to the conversation. So, like, like that's the kind of dumb stuff you get into, 
and that's why we are not doing that tonight. I almost got into it. I almost tricked myself into doing LeBron versus Jordan. We're not doing that tonight. And uh, let's check on the poll, by the way, because that was that was our poll question: Is do you enjoy comparing LeBron and Jordan right now? Okay, we're getting there votes wise. Okay, first time around, I was doing this show. I've been off for a couple of months. You know, COVID and things. I've been I've been sitting at home and and doing things at home. But the votes, I mean, then poll results. Little little meager, we'll say. Right now, a whopping, because it's, it's a national radio show, so I know you're saying, Vince, you're getting tens of thousands of votes right now as we speak. Hundreds are pouring in every single second. You can't even keep track of them all. 91 votes right now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, ni- 91 votes. But 82% do not enjoy comparing LeBron James and Michael Jordan. So I'll take it. Okay, I'll take it. Small sample size, but it's probably a good representation. So 855-212-4227. We have been talking about who's the best team in the NFC. That has been part of the conversation until I get sidetracked on these ridiculous meanderings. (laughs) Here's what we'll do. Because... Uh, there, there's a lot of things I want to get to. I know we got people on the line. I'm happy to talk with you. But also, there's someone I, I absolutely need to talk to. And we have somebody who ran a Twitter account that is exclusively based on trolling the Houston Astros this season and, and just documenting all of the misery that the Astros have been through this year. The account overnight got a massive amount of followers. It's got over 300,000 followers, over 300,000 people who just want to see the Astros fail. So what we're going to do next is we're going to catch up with the guy that made that account and and see what that experience has been because I'm just so incredibly fascinated. So that's coming up on the other side. If you want to get in, 855-212-4227. You can also join the show on Twitter, at It's Vince Quinn. And give me a follow there, by the way, at It's Vince Quinn. So again, we're going to have that conversation next with the Houston Astros. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. And I sit here in shame because I've realized this week that there is a woman that is more than three times my age. More than three times my age. And she just accomplished something that I know for a fact I will never do in my life. Yes, I am Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. When you need an expert to help navigate the home loan process, Rocket can. So, what happened? Okay? And that's, that's really my question. What happened? There is a woman that is 96 years old right now. 96. Okay, And at 96 years old, this woman in the past week bowled a perfect game. (laughs) A perfect game! That's insane to to think of somebody of that age repeatedly throwing a ball of any weight down a lane with accuracy to the point of a 300 is so mind-boggling, and it's just, I, I can't even handle it. True story. Yes, 
True story. True story. Yes, a hundred percent. I've got the news article right now. Are you? Are you? Bumpers a, on the gutters, there, Quinn. No. How do you know? Clean three hundred. How do you know? There's video. I mean, there's video of this woman uh, celebrating and all. I mean, maybe, maybe there was bumpers, but if she had, okay, here's the thing. If she had the bumpers up, but she never actually touched them, then it still counts, right? It has to still count. That's not true! Yes, it is true. If, if that's she, not true. If she didn't, if she never touched a bumper and she threw a perfect game, even if they were up, that's. But I would imagine if she's throwing a three hundred, she didn't need the bumpers up. Like that's, it's a three hundred. Uh, I don't know, Quinn. I, I, it's a real, it's a story, it's a real story from a local Again, CBS outlet. I wasn't there. I don't know if it happened or not. <laughs> you, can't, you can't believe everything you read on the internet now. Well, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. You could never believe everything I, you've read on the no internet. I'm not believing no 96-year-old lady bowled no perfect game. There was a 96-year-old lady that bowled a perfect game. It happened. I just, I can't. True story? I, yes. I, I don't know why I keep getting questioned on this. It happened, okay? It happened. This woman's 96 years old. I can't imagine she's up right now listening, um, but if she is, and let's see. Do you what, think we could get her as a guest? What's her now? I hope so. That would be the biggest get I've ever gotten in the history of my radio career. Where did this happen? This happened, um, this I'm seeing from a, it, it, oh my God, I've never heard of this town in my life, although I'm from the state. McKee's Rocks, Pennsylvania. So she's asleep by now. <laughs> she is definitely asleep by now. Her name is Sarah Lyons. Sarah Lyons at 96 and turning 97 in two months. A lot of social distancing going on in that bowling alley. Well, it's a bowling alley. Yeah, she you don't need to be, be next really to anybody. Out right now, to be fair. Well, she's a, apparently a physical specimen that she's she's not worried about it. She's out and about, Really? Man. We're just, you know, I'm not worried about it. I'm not giving her medical advice. I'm not telling anybody of any age to do anything related to COVID. You make your own decisions. I am not the guy to make those decisions for you. Not to make light of the thing, but, no. you know, maybe if you're over 95. If you're 94, you can go out. <laughs> if you're over 95... I mean, that's a fair line. Probably stay in your house. It, that's the line, I think. 95 years old is the line. But at 96, this woman went out and bowled a like 300 game. 91, 92, you're good. Yeah, and I you think... want to bowl a perfect game, you go right ahead. Yeah, that's science. That's, that's exactly sure. it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's important to note that everybody gets their scientific information from sports talk radio. We are the people for that. Well, this is what we're here for. Yes. No. What do you think we were doing in March and April and May and June? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I went to medical school, you know, to get something from the cafeteria and then <laughs> go on my way. I, I never studied anything, but I was there. Does that count? Uh, no, it doesn't. So don't quote me on it. 855-212-4227. That's how you get in. Uh, 855-212-4227. I do want to talk about the team that right now, everybody, it's, it's hip to crush this team. Not talking about San Francisco either. It is hip to crush a team in the NFC right now and say they're not going to make it. It's hip to crush one specific guy. I don't agree with any of it, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. But first, let's take a call, and let's hear what Dave in Long Island's feeling. Dave, what's up? How you doing? Hey, how you doing? First off, you should have a mixtape. You go from Rick Roll to Thunderstruck? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, that's friggin' awesome. Yeah, we uh, shake it up, up, man. Yeah, you um, you liked my tw- uh, my tweet on about uh, about uh, Jordan, so I'm, I'll mention it real quick. The guy had some killer interviews because he had no problem torching um, torching his teammates when they screwed up. So I loved that. And I was I was there during the um, early '90s when they went to three feet. But in terms of the NFC team that really uh, intrigues me, actually, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule right now, and 
there are two things. I, to me, it's all about identity and building your identity. And, you know, I mean, I'm in the NFC East in the mire of, you know, yeah. that doesn't even have a name. You have a team whose identity is an injured player. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the team that I'm looking at are playing two of those teams in the next few weeks, and that's the L.A. Rams. They do intrigue me. They have a weak schedule. All you got to do is get in the playoffs. Other than the Bills, they have a pretty weak schedule. And you were talking about the 49ers for a while. The Rams play the 49ers on October 18th. To me, that's a very, very intriguing schedule. I don't, I don't, or an intriguing game. I don't see any team really just shooting out as as leader, and that's the whole point. I think that of why you're having this conversation. Yeah, that could be a very, very telling game. Yeah, no, it could be. Guys play. And and I like the Rams a lot. And, and Dave, I appreciate the call, man. Like, you you look at the Rams right now, and the Rams are one of those teams totally underrated, 100%. Like, they came into the season, everybody forgot about them, everybody's laughing it off a little bit. Oh, Jared Goff, three points in the Super Bowl, whatever. Like, I, I get all of that stuff. Didn't make the playoffs last year. We had a whole show. I remember this was from my last stretch here. Um which I didn't get fired, by the way. I didn't get fired. It was a COVID-related layoff, okay? I'm back, and it's everything's fine. But in that first stretch, wait. Yes? Fired! No! See, all these lies being said fired! on my own show. No, I was not fired! You, I'll say this. You have no proof I was fired, Graceffo. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. That's all I'm saying. Until you prove it, it didn't happen. So, anyway, in the first stretch of the show, uh, version 1.0, I remember talking about, we did a whole show based on the Rams when they got eliminated from the playoffs because it's like, oh my God, they made all these trades and they didn't make it and like salary cap problems, like what what is going to happen with the Rams here? And they get rid of Todd Gurley, they reshape things a little bit, they draft a running back, Cam Akers, and what do you know, the Rams, they look great. They look great. That is a well-built team with an excellent coach. And you look at the Rams right now, could they win the NFC West? Yeah. I mean, they're not the sexiest pick because right now that's Seattle. But the Rams look really great, and I'm totally open to that team. I mean, I could I could see them getting to the Super Bowl this year. Why not? Like, they are a very promising and talented team. When Jared Goff is in the right situations, he looks great. And right now, he's in a really great situation. So it, uh, I'm buying the Rams stock right now. I feel really good about that team. But here's the other thing. Is right now, there is a, you know, there's always like a stock up, stock down kind of thing that people like to do. And right now, if we were going to do stock down, that would be the New Orleans Saints, right? A lot of people look at the Saints and they go, well, Drew Brees, have you seen his arm? It's a noodle. He's got a wet noodle. He's got a big strand of Barillo spaghetti coming off his body. He can't It's not sling a lie it. if you believe it. Yeah, that's right. Um, that, there's a lot of people that are just wishing it. They're just like, this is it. And Drew Brees is done. He's over. It's gone. He's not going to win anything. This team is toast. And it's okay. You can say that all you want. Here's the problem that people don't fundamentally get when it comes to Drew Brees and the Saints. Yes, his arm is not the same. In fact, Graceffo gave me a number before the show, and I want to make sure I have this right, but I believe he's thrown 68 passes this season, Drew Brees, 68 passes, and two of them have gone over 20 yards. And people look at that and go, this is it. Vince, this is, here's the papers. We have fundamental proof. We all know he's toast. Okay, look, Drew Brees, his arm strength has not been there for a couple of years now. 
it's been gone. It's fine. He's, what, 41 years old? It's not easy. You know, in another 55 years, he's going to bowl a perfect game. That's a lot of time in between. He's got a long way to go, but he's still an older guy. So you look at him and you go, okay, does it hurt how the Saints play? No. Like, that is the thing. The Saints are built around Drew Brees, and it's not the old version. They're built still around this version of Drew Brees. You can't forget that. And people want to. Like, it's is, is it great to have a quarterback that can sling the ball more than 20 yards down the field? Yes. Okay? Obviously. Duh. Okay? Duh. But... When I'm looking at Drew Brees and what he can do, he still has the pinpoint accuracy. It's the veteran understanding of the game, of coverages, having seen everything. Drew Brees has been through it all. And to look at that guy with the arm straight diminished and to think, Saints aren't going to win anything. I get it. They lost to the Raiders. Raiders are a good team this year, okay? John Gruden, I was as big a skeptic as anybody. I look at what he's building there. I look at the talent on that team. The Raiders are a good team. They're an up-and-coming legitimate team. So I'm not going to crush them too much for losing that game. Also, you know, maybe the defense couldn't have given up like 34 points. Just a suggestion. I'm just, I mean, I'm just spitballing here, but maybe I'm crazy. Uh, so I, I look at Drew Brees, and all he needs to do is be Drew Brees. This version. This version can still do it. It's quick passes. It's Michael Thomas on the slant. It's figuring out Emmanuel Sanders, who has not gotten it going, and getting that going. What was he doing in San Francisco? He was doing a lot of quick passes, right? A lot of quick, short, easy, extra yardage. Yards after the catch. That's what San Francisco did. That's what Jimmy Garoppolo did. That's what the Saints do. Michael Thomas is that guy. Emmanuel Sanders is supposed to be that guy. Alvin Kamara is that guy. That's what they do. It's a five-yard pass. It's a seven-yard pass. And it's 40 yards on the run after the catch. It's creating space for big plays out of short plays. It's generating big chunk plays out of the running game. They do that. So... It's not the traditional, easy, exciting way. they got to execute a lot in the drives. But I can look at the Saints still and say, you know what? That is one of the best teams in the NFC. For all the, the worries about Drew Brees, about his arm not being the same, they're not built for him to throw. It's not the Marcus Colston era or the Ted Ginn era where he's throwing the ball 50 yards down the field. They are built differently. They run differently. I'm not throwing this, this team in the garbage yet. I can't do it. Can't do it. So, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. I'm Vince Quinn. You can also find me on Twitter. You can give me a follow there, at It's Vince Quinn. That's all one word, at It's Vince Quinn. So, with that, let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Remy in California. Remy, you're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up? How you doing, mighty Quinn? <laughs> I'm doing hey, good. Listen, your insights are very good. Thank you. And I am going to tell you, my man, that... The Green Bay Packers and Mr. Rogers are going to make a point this year. That man has got everything with him. And that kid that sits there on the sideline is going to be somebody one day, but not this day. Nope. And I just... and I'm going to pick this other team that's going to match him. Okay. It's going to be those guys. They're called the Ravens. 
So, okay, so so let me get this straight, Remy. Are you saying Packers-Ravens Super Bowl? Is that what you're looking at right now? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, I would love to see it. Don't give it like that. That'd be fun as hell. I mean, to see, okay, here's Aaron Rodgers going up against Lamar Jackson for the Ravens to get through that hump. Haven't won a playoff game with Lamar yet. They got to do that. So you, you want to see them get the playoff wins. You're probably passing the Chiefs to get there. It could be a ton of fun. Today's you know? the day, my man. Today's the day. I certainly hope so. Like right now, Green Bay is my team. That's that's what I'm going with as well, Remy. And that's why and I you think you agree what? with my you know analysis. What, my man, Mr. Quinn, listen, I'm a Bears fan, but I got to just say this. They're on a silver nut shell that they don't even – this Travinsky, yeah. it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. However, today's the day that he mouths it up. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, but Trubisky, I don't know, Remy. I appreciate the call, man. Mitch Trubisky, to me, I know the Bears have won two games. That is the least exciting 2-0 and team that I've ever seen. I mean, I just can't. Graceffa, are you juiced up to watch a Bears game right now? No, but I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better. <laughs> okay. How about the fact week one, the team who handed it to them? How awful are they? Well. They're up, what were they up in the game, 23-6? to and they blew the game in the fourth quarter to Mitch Trubisky. And then they have the wherewithal. I mean, wherewithal is probably not the right word because no. wherewithal would be positive. <laughs> uh, they have the wherewithal to be down there in the red zone. And Stafford throws the easiest touchdown pass you could find to DeAndre Swift. And he drops it. So, again, they're a soft 2-0. and They've beaten the Lions and the Giants. Yeah. no, it's, Nothing to write home about. It's definitely and if, not. again, if some of these teams were competent, we wouldn't be having conversations about any of these teams. If the Lions were competent in any way, shape, or form, the Bears wouldn't be 2-0. No. And and going back to your point there, and, and you mentioned this earlier, Dallas. I mean, if Atlanta isn't the most incompetent thing you've ever seen again, I mean, again, to, to, to have that kind of collapse again with the same head coach and the same core of guys is so mind-numbing. And you look at Dallas and you go, okay, you're one and one. And it was a miraculous win, but that was a miraculous loss. too. <laughs> like, let's not, let's not say that Dallas well, snatched that game. Like how many lives does Dan Quinn have? Like, is he a cat? I, I don't know. He might be family for all I know. So it's, it's hard for me you to mean talk Arthur to Blank's family. Yeah. Oh, no. your family. He might be my family. He might be Arthur Blank's family. There's too. a lot of Quinns. There's, it's a big family that I'm in. So yeah, why he might be Arthur Blank's family because you just don't want to fire him. Well, that might be it too because go. oh See. my goodness, I mean you look at and, and here's the other thing too, right? When it comes to Atlanta Falcons, is it not clear that Kyle Shanahan was the genius behind the operation? That was the offensive coordinator dragging that team somewhere. Has Matt Ryan was been also the folly of blowing a twenty-eight to three lead? He was, he was, and then he blew it again in the Super Bowl. So that's the life of Kyle Shanahan. But he's getting there. Okay, he did it again. He got there again. So that's Kyle Shanahan. Matt Ryan has not been an MVP since Kyle Shanahan left. Okay, it's it's not going to happen again because Kyle Shanahan is not coming back through that door. So unless Matt Ryan goes to San Francisco, that's who he is. He's a good quarterback who had an amazing year with one of the best coaches in the NFL. You look at Atlanta, eh, you know, not in, they're 0-2, tough division. That team is dead and buried. I'm sorry, it's over. You might have some fun things to watch. I'm not going to say it's a useless season, but you're not winning anything either. I'm sorry. So 855-212-4227, that's how you join the show, 855 212 
4227. I'm Vince Quinn, by the way. You might be like, who is this Gian? fine young gentleman? Well, yes, I am Vince Quinn. You can find me on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. So here's what I want to do when we come back is I, I've been critical of a very specific polarizing NFL player. And I realized after three years, I am incredibly wrong. And we're going to talk about that next. Keep it here.